up. Line up. Locked. Locked. Where every day is Sunday. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Are you ready for some football? Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and find us on Facebook and YouTube. Now, get ready. And it is time to lock it in. You just made the list. Welcome to Lineup Lock. This is a fantasy football podcast, and we are here for you. We're here to rock and roll, and more importantly, help you lock your lineups. You win fantasy football in June. Not July, not August, not the weekend before the draft. You win it in June, late May, when you start the prep of rookies. So this is the pilot first episode of Lineup Locked. And we have assembled quite the dream team of heads put together to help you win your fantasy football leagues. So I am Zach. I am the host of your show. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at ChewOnSports, and I'll be putting out lots of fun content on this pod uh, day in and day out as we continue to grow this show. We have Lee with us as well. Lee, say hello. Hey guys, this is Lee. You can find me on Twitter at uh, DynastyDingo. And then we've got Chris Temple here as well. Say hi, Chris. Hello, everybody. This is Chris Temple. You can find me on Twitter at ctemp03. I'm player three of this little party. Yes. So we're going to have uh, quite the content-packed episode today. So Lee is a Dynasty expert. For those of you who don't know uh, Dynasty or what Dynasty is, uh, Dynasty is where you draft a team and it is your team. It's not a keeper league. You're pretty much keeping the entire league. And then once you do your startup, you have rookie drafts. After and you're just drafting rookies pretty much. So uh, we're actually as a team, as a unit, as a, as a staff, doing our first ever dynasty draft together right now. And it's uh, just imagine the flaming Elmo gif, and uh, that's pretty much the way the draft's going right now. Being two quarterbacks, it's uh, it's pretty insane. We're uh, we're round six, and there's nobody left unless you're Flacco <laughs> or Eli Manning. You're out of quarterback options. I feel sorry for the guys that only have one quarterback like me. I know. I f- somebody had to trade a, a first-round pick for 2020 to get Tom Brady. Like, wow. Yeah. Jeez. So so, <laughs> so that's going fun. So, well, actually, that draft is going on. It's a slow draft. It's happening uh, eight hours a pick. So it's kind of uh, been going on since Friday morning or Saturday morning, excuse me. So I'm intrigued to see what picks happen while we're live, and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, do our best to talk about them. So before we get into... Once again, Dynasty, Lee is going to be talking about rookies. Um, I'm a big believer that you win your fantasy drafts with rookies. Uh, Knowing what running backs to get late, what quarterback might be worth getting at the very end that no one's drafting yet, a la Deshaun Watson two years ago, right? Um, I'm a big believer that who can fit a scheme, who can fit a system that's going to be worth looking for? So Lee's going to talk Dynasty-wise and we're going to kind of give our two cents on for, for season long as well. And then we're also going to look at Fantasy Pros consensus rankings because it's pretty much everything meshed together there. And we're going to play a little game called High Low on the top tens. 
if we think individuals are too high and too low, and we're also going to get to know each other as well. This is a chemistry building for everyone, so we hope you like the personality mesh and uh, everything we have to offer. Now, before we do get started, I do have a little public service announcement, a shameless plug, if you will. So this podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. It's our brand new fantasy football website where you, the fan, can create your own set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcasts, and more. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with our site experts, completely free for 2019. For more, follow us on Twitter at CreateARank, that's C-R-E-A-T-E-A-R-A-N-K, and check us out on Facebook and YouTube. All right, on to the Bora Phil. So before we get started with Lee and his rookie gold that he's brought for us today, we're going to get to know Lee a little bit. Is that good with you, Lee? You all right with that? Yeah, that's perfect. Let's go for it. All right, man. So if you could chuck chuck wood with a wood... No, just kidding. No, that's uh, that's <laughs> dumb. So we've, we've compiled some questions for you. Uh, I like to throw you for a loop, so I'm probably going to ask some weird stuff that you don't even know. So I'll get started with the first question, and then Chris will go, and we'll, and we'll go back and forth from there. So I guess, Eva, it's not on the list, so sorry if I'm dropping this on you, but have you done a podcast before, Lee? No, so this is actually my first. I was about to say that. This is my first podcast, looking to get into the game, so I can't wait to uh, keep it going. Oh, wow. Well, excellent. Well, welcome, man. So it's uh, I feel like I feel like I uh, have, a, have a trait, but uh, podcasting isn't that hard. It's just kind of talking once you get over the, the intro part. <laughs> so Exactly. <laughs> so welcome, man. I'm excited to talk to you, buddy. So my, my first real question besides that is, this is fantasy football, and anybody who's listening to this pod to see what we're about is going to want to know kind of what we bring to the table, uh, what notches we have on our belt, so to speak. So how long have you been playing fantasy football, Lee? Yeah, so um, I'm relatively young. I'm not sure how – we actually haven't, don't, I don't even know how old you guys are, but uh, I'm only 21. Okay, so right on. I have been playing since, uh, since 2012, though, redraft fantasy football. Okay, awesome. So you so you've been playing for nine years. So since that's crazy, I can't even imagine my children. I have a sixteen-year-old and a thirteen-year-old, and I can't even imagine them attempting to play fantasy football. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm thirty-seven, and Chris, how old are you? I'm thirty-four. Thirty-four. So that is the dream team that we got going on right here. That's a lot of a lot of connect collective knowledge. Yeah, I mean, I've been playing fantasy football for at least fifteen, sixteen years. Nice. It's 11 wow. for me. Yep. So we have about 30 years of experience in this room, <laughs> almost 40. So boom goes that dynamite. So Chris, what's uh, what's your first question you have for Lee? Well, my, my first question is is for you is, uh, you know, I know you're new to this, but how did you prepare for your first podcast? How did you get prepared to do this, this type of work with us? Oh, yeah. So just one thing to add also that I forgot to mention is I've been doing Dynasty for a couple of years now. Excellent. So Dynasty for a couple of years and Redraft for a, lot, a little, little bit longer. But to get prepared for this, um, just watching some tapes, some highlights of, of, of some rookies, just to kind of come to come to a consensus of where my top fifteen was at. Looking at other rankings, it's important to look at the other experts in the industry because they've got some good insight as well. And then just um, yeah, I took to take a look at the fantasy pros, um, fantasy pros rankings, and just um, trying to get as um, as much knowledge as I can before getting ready for this podcast. Excellent, man. That's interesting. Um... Kind of just to put my two cents on on that. 
I think the, the guys that I, you know, as being outside, you know, now inside of the industry, but I think it's one of the most important things that we can bring to the table as individuals is make sure that we are watching and not just giving knee-jerk statistical, right? I mean, stats are so important, you know, looking at targets or yard per catch or, you know, fill in the blank, right? But having somebody that's actually watching these guys play good and bad and understands the, the tape process, that's where you're going to get the best advice. Well, I also think that's why it's so hard to – figure out which rookies are going to excel, which rookies are going to be duds. You have no pro tape on them, these guys. No, you have college tape, and that's all you can go on, man, and hope the scheme and the fit is for the best. So question three for you, Lee. Um, You've been playing fantasy football since you were 12. We all have a story. What is the most heartbreaking loss that you've had so far? Or have you even had one? (laughs) So I'd have to say, um, <clears throat> I'd have to think of just more like a, a like a season in general. Okay. I just had this really good, this, this past year actually, I guess it, there's a little bit of recency bias with this. Okay. But I just, I just assembled this super team and like I got Connor undrafted off the waiver wire and I had this team and it was, it was ridiculous. I ended up finishing the year third in points scored. It was a 10-team league. Okay. And I was third in points scored, but I was first in points against, and I didn't make the playoffs. Oh, wow. man. <laughs> so it's just tough. It, it hurts, you know, when, when you're, you're, you know your team is good and you know you should be doing well, but you just can't happen to sneak into the playoffs. That's That hurts, man. It's like every week you're going against the top-scoring team pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, funny story. Exactly. I, draft, I, I undrafted Connor as well last year. I flipped him for uh, Saquon Barkley. Oh, wow. To team up with Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. Oh, my gosh. That's not even fair, dude. Well, Le'Veon never played, so Le'Veon never played. Le'Veon never played, yeah. Yeah, can, yeah. Well, can Lee and I get in this league, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's just say I got a, I, I've got a friends league, and they uh, they let me make some stupid moves that they shouldn't have, and they regretted instantly. I mean, I had, I had uh, Patrick Mahomes, Odell Beckham Jr., A.J. Green before he got hurt. Oh, jeez. And then I had Ertz as my tight end. I have, well, when, you, when you're not trade raping your friends, do you experience hot rookie heartbreaking losses, Chris? <laughs> yeah, uh, in 2015, I was in a championship league. Uh, uh, my buddy uh, Eric's league, uh, and uh, I made the championship for the first time. I'd been in the league for six years. I made the championship, and this guy goes every year. I mean, every year he's always in there. It seems to be, and uh, he squeaked out a one point win over me. Oh um, man! In the championship game, yeah, I was heartbroken. My best receiver was uh, AJ Green that year, and he was injured wow. for the championship game. Otherwise, I would have beat him. Mine is uh, my most heartbreaking loss. It happened four years ago in my work league. I found a way just to be good every year. Like it's weird. I have the either the number one or two record every year, and it's a different kind of league. It's standard scoring, right? But it's bonus driven as well. So you get a hundred yards, you get a five point bonus. You throw for three hundred. So it's a it's it's a weird hybrid kind of. And uh, long story short, I'm in a game with my boss, and I'm up by 38 going into Monday Night Football. And I had Tim Hightower, and he had Drew Brees. And it was to go to the championship, this game. And I was really amped. And it's Monday, and the guy who had already made it, his match was already over. He was in the championship, approached me to split the pot, right? I'm like, dude, don't even talk to me about that, man. He's still got Drew Brees. I'm not even thinking that way, right? I don't, I'm not trying to talk about money that's not mine yet. So... Drew Brees had two points at halftime. Tim Hightower was in my flex. Somebody got injured. I forget who on my roster, but I just picked up Tim Hightower like three weeks before. Tim Hightower had like 80 yards, so he had like eight points. 
So fast forward, Drew Brees does what Drew Brees does and just went on an onslaught. I think he ended up with three touchdowns, got over 300 yards. So I'm up by one. I'm up by one point with about a minute 12 left in the game, and uh, Tim Hightower runs in a touchdown, and it's over. I just won. And then the I swear I'm celebrating. I'm jumping up and down. My wife's flipping out because I'm so excited. And the next thing you see is a flag. And I'm like, what? What? The latest flag I've ever seen. It was offensive holding. So they backed him up five yards. Drew Brees throws a touchdown. I lose. <laughs> Just like oh my that. Goodness. Yeah, it was. It was the most heartbreaking. Like thirty seconds of freaking despair I've ever dealt with. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So on to the next question. What you got for him, Chris? <laughs> so, uh, so my next question for you. Uh, what type of fantasy league do you prefer? Do you prefer a PPR, a dynasty, a superflex, and and why do you prefer it? Yeah, I actually prefer half point PPR because I don't know. To me, it just seems like the perfect balance between not having a, a big disparity between running backs and wide receivers. Because you know, when it's a full PPR, it's a lot of you know, let's draft early wide receiver, let's get Tariq Cohen, let's get those receiving backs, and when you go standard, it's like I have to get the elite running backs. So I find that half PP, half point PPR is definitely a, the best balance in between that. And I guess I mean my Twitter handle is Dynasty Dingo, so I guess right now um, I'd say Dynasty is probably my favorite format because I don't know, I, I like like seeing players progress and like taking good gambles on people that that might not pay off immediately and might not even pay off this year, but I know it could be solid for me in the future. And then Superflex versus one QB, that's tough because I just got introduced to Superflex. It definitely Us too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that that's like a crazy format. I do think I like it because I found myself getting a lot of value from the other positions and getting like these older quarterbacks who maybe not what well, maybe aren't as highly valued as the other ones. So it's definitely a it's caught my attention for sure. Not sure where to put it yet, but it's definitely caught my attention. Well, for sure. Like, I agree with you there, man. Half, like, if uh, half PPR was a Game of Thrones character, it would be the Ironborn, whatever that is, right? It's, it is, it is, it is the perfect mesh half point of fairness. Like, if you have a writer, like, uh, whoever may be that does, it's, it it is the easiest way to kind of balance that out, you know, because it's amazing. In a weekly ranking, a PPR, that point can, could easily shift somebody five to six spots, man. And sometimes yeah. that's, that's winning and losing, right, depending on what decisions you have to make. And with PPR, you can start a guy like like spot start because of a, some, something you hear about the way they defend the flats or a situation like that, right, and mm-hmm. uh, just totally get 10 to 12 points out of nowhere. So PPR, it can kind of be like a little cheat if you know what you're doing. But that's why I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm all about that. And as far as two two quarterbacks go, what's intriguing is that when a two quarterback league is, it's not a strategy. You just have to you have to go. You absolutely have to go with the flow. You can't wait. If you wait, you will. You it's not like every other league, or it's like ah, oh, look at this guy. He just drafted Mahomes in the second. And you point your finger and laugh, and you still get Matt Stafford in the twelfth. It's this. It doesn't work that way. It's like ah, yeah. yeah you better. You better get on board, or you're starting. A, you're having no quarterback whatsoever. <laughs> so it's it's caught my Chris and I have never done uh, two quarterback league. This is the first time. No one ever wants to do it. Every league we're in, everybody's not about that life. So I'm I'm all, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. So I, unfortunately, I think we're getting our butts kicked a little bit because of it. So my uh, <laughs> my next question for you is that you're from the Philly area, right? So yep. what's your favorite sports team? 
It's got to be the Eagles, 100%. Boo! Uh, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I would expect the booing as well. We're Cowboys fans here, so yeah, I'm glad we can tough. unite for a purpose. Just don't throw batteries at us. We're not Santa. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Only uh, a select few until we'll do that. So, <laughs> so what do you think about the Eagles this year? How are your expectations coming into this season? I mean, just being able to witness greatness in the form of Hallie Roseman has been pretty fun to watch. Just He's not a great drafter, and I've actually recently done like an analysis on the Eagles draft picks. Uh-huh. And we only have a few guys. Like After the third round, we've only hit on a few guys, as opposed to like the Cleveland Browns or the Patriots, who've hit on a lot more guys. Right. And it's just, but just seeing what he does, like with you know trading for Jordan Howard and and signing um, Malik Jackson and just all these great additions and resigning Ronald Darby, he just knows what he's doing, and, and he he really he manages the salary cap beautiful beautifully, and I think he he has unfortunately I think he has put us in a position. To, uh, to win the NFC East, although you never know because the NFC East always always changes division winners. But I think I think we're in the driver's seat, and I think you guys probably would agree. Uh, I would say that it's going to be between the Eagles and Cowboys for sure. I, I would for think sure. that both of us can say that the Redskins and uh, the Giants are probably both going to make a change at quarterback this year. That is, if Haskins doesn't win outright in camp, right, versus Keenum. So. I, uh, I think Keenum will start out the first, at least first three games, and we'll just see how it goes for that. But and then Haskins, you know, I think he's, from what I've heard he, coming out of camp, he's doing really well this year. Yeah, I think the Eagles and the Cowboys both had very, very good, very not splashy, but I think they both had very good off seasons, just addressing issues. You know, for instance, the Cowboys lost a slot receiver but got Cobb. And then yeah. uh, there's just a lot. I think I think both teams. I how do you feel about Carson Wentz? I, Carson Wentz is phenomenal, man, and he he should exactly. That's the thing. Is are yeah. you are you confident? Is he going to be good? Are you afraid of paying the guy? No. So yeah, he 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 recently changed his diet and his workout regimen just to make sure that his body's in in the best shape that it can be. You know, and so that he can avoid those injuries. I, I have faith in him when he's on the field. I think that last year was. Um, he still had a great completion percentage QBR, but people were doubting him because um, because of the lack of touchdown production, I guess. And I think that he was a little, he was still a little worried about the ACL, some compensation injuries. And I think now he's got he had like almost a full off season to recover, or more than a full off season to recover. And yeah. he should come back, show that he's the franchise guy, and, and he's about to get paid. Hey, yeah. he had a, and he's he's got the brace off, right? He's working out yeah, with no brace. Off. He looks really good in uh, in some drills. Yeah, I, I think the biggest problem with Wentz is he throws to his tight end too much. Ugh. I mean, he loves Ertz. I mean, but he's got people open. Ertz is a beast. He's a man child. I know, but I mean, he's got people downfield that are open. And he's, he doesn't throw downfield. He doesn't trust Alshon to make the uh, the fifty fifty like like Foles did, which he needs to learn to. Yeah, I mean, you got to take that risk every once in a while. You got to open the defense up. So last year exactly. in my in my work league, I had Wentz and Dak were my two quarterbacks. Because, and then I, had, I rocked Dak the rest of the year, and it's what got me to the championship, that crazy Amari Cooper game versus the Eagles. Where, oh, that was brutal. Dude, I was down by 40 points, and it was like <laughs> halftime of that game, and I came back and won because they just freaking, like, Amari Cooper. And I, I had the stack, bro. I had Amari Cooper no, and Dak. Cooper? Yeah. So you won by a lot. Yeah, I ended up, I was down by 40, and I ended up winning by 30. <laughs> it was crazy, but uh, I was so I was so pumped because – Wentz was I got him for I tried to trade for him, and uh, man, he just he that injury out of nowhere all of a sudden shutting him down and like ah, and I, I like Wentz as a player a lot. You know I I recognize really 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 good talent, so I do think that 
it's interesting how him and Dak will be tied together forever as long as they keep playing because they're both on the same draft. And uh, golf, exactly. golf as well, there's always going to be that comparison to the three. And that's going to go down being, I think, three quarterbacks that play for a really long time. So back to Wentz real quick since you're the Eagles guy. Fantasy football-wise, where, where do you have him in your quarterbacks? Oh, yeah. I actually, um, in preparation for this episode, I did do some quarterback rankings oh, cool. for a redraft. Nice. And he's at number seven for me. So sandwiched between, he's right behind Deshaun Watson and right before Drew Brees this year. I like it. I, he's certainly, man, he, he can put out the numbers, man. He really, really, really can. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, will you get another question for him? Yeah, a uh, little fun question here. Uh, fill in the blank. I can't make it through my day without... <laughs> hmm. I did prepare this question, and now I'm forgetting <laughs> what my answer was. I guess coffee, since I clearly need it right now. Yeah, I'm, we're all we're drinking coffee, too. Yeah, I got, a, I got a big old Yeti of coffee over here right next to me. <laughs> I like so, yeah, it. We'll go with coffee. What's the worst fantasy draft decision you've ever made? Oh, um, it has to be an early Eddie Lacy pick. Oh, um, the year after you know his year in Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. It was. I I had faith. I was like, oh, he's top five running back, easy. That was the same. Was that the same draft that C.J. Anderson killed everybody as well? Like both of them. It might have been. Yeah. God. I mean, that's like me drafting uh, David Johnson or Dar- uh, Dave, yeah, David Johnson last year. Yeah. For the Cardinals, I drafted him number five overall. And he, he leveled out. The problem was is he, he didn't give you the. He finished his RB ten. Yeah. He, okay. The problem was is the price you could have gotten fill in the blank that might have done a little bit better. Yeah. Melvin exactly. Gordon. Yeah. Melvin Gordon went like fifteenth overall in that league. Melvin Gordon's a PPR machine. Jeez, dude. He's a monster. Isn't he? He's. It's hard not to put him in your top. Like if I'm drafting in a, in a redraft league, I would. Probably pick even Melvin Gordon over Todd Gurley, especially with the questions about the injury, you know. Speaking of that, I've got fantasy pros pulled up, and they've got Melvin Gordon as number five overall, and Gurley as 12. Wow, he moved back to 12? He was at like eight yesterday. Wow. Wow. I guess it's that Jay Glazier report, which it's a weird... Lee, did you read this, by the way? You know, we might as well talk some news. I just saw the Twitter notification. I didn't read the whole whole thing. I did read the whole thing because obviously in our Dynasty draft, I picked Todd Gurley. So I see this alert that Chris shares with me. We went to the the lake house together with our wives uh, this weekend, so... We're sitting yeah. there drinking coffee, or no? The cop, the house was locked next door, so no coffee. We're sitting there eating his wife's <laughs> breakfast casserole, and he's like, "Apparently, Todd Gurley's really injured." I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" And anyway, so we look, and I'm like, "Well, nobody's reading the whole thing." So I clicked on the whole report, and the report was they're prepared to use him as a workhouse, but workhorse, but open to limiting his reps, but probably use him as a workhouse. A workhorse, excuse me, but we'll see how he handles the first month of being a workhorse. But they might limit his carries, but he'll be a workhorse. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, what? What just happened? Did I just get dumber? <laughs> Did I just literally lose brain cells in reading this right now? So I don't know what to expect. Todd Gurley is a machine. We all know this. And oh yeah, he's a touchdown machine too. He's going to be a player that it's going to be hard not to draft. And what I mean by that is he was going to fall so much because people don't know because he's obviously not going to get work in the preseason, right? No, yeah. So people are going to be so cautious. He's going to fall to the second round, man. You're going to have guys like Dalvin Cook, who burnt people last year, Leonard Fournette, and uh, Todd Gurley available at a premium. That's when when you become a buyer, right? Do Do you agree with me, Lee? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think the pendulum has swung a little bit on Cook because I know a lot of people have him as their darling to bounce back. Yeah, but I think definitely for Fournette and now something like for Gurley, you can definitely get them at, at a value as opposed to where they were going a year ago today. So you're trying to tell us you're taking Fournette with your next pick? He's already been drafted. Oh, have he? Yeah, yeah. Jim, Jim got him. <laughs> hey, you can slap him before me if, if you were. Uh, <laughs> If you wanted to, yeah, I, Fournette. Fournette. I, last year, I in a draft, I had I drafted uh, Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook with my first two picks. Ouch! I'm sorry. Started one and six, but then I ran the table and made the championship and lost. I couldn't. Wow. Go, okay. Go, Good for you, though. Right. I, I'm a I'm a freaking waiver rat, so I can put things <laughs> together. And uh, I traded Kareem Hunt for Mike Evans. I had him as well. And uh, dra- I drafted Patty Mahomes late, so I and I picked up Chubb. So I had some good some good moves that helped me out a lot. Okay, great. It was it's a two flex PPR league, and uh, what's intriguing is Dalvin Cook. That's a big reason why he used my second pick in our dynasty draft. Is he was money in the bank the last two months of the season? Once he yeah. got healthy, finally, once it finally was he could play, especially PPR. Home dude was bringing it, man. I'm I'm excited to see where he goes, especially because. Latavius Murray, Murray's not there anymore, too. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's his show. For sure. All right, last question for me, Lee, and we'll go about some more football. This is an off-football question. We're, uh, yeah. we're, we're big here, uh, Chris and I, on our normal podcast and here, too. You know, I, th- I think it's important to not just be all sports, right? So we like, yeah. uh, we like movies and shows and try to talk about that. So what's your favorite movie, brother? Yes, yeah, so... I was thinking about whether I should go with a classic or a newer movie that I really that I think is probably my favorite. So I'm gonna go with a newer movie, and I'm not sure if you guys have seen it. You might have. It's called Arrival. It's with Jeremy Renner and Amy Adams. I've I've seen it. I wasn't a big fan of it. Okay, I loved it. I thought like I don't know. I just thought the, the plot development was great. I thought the twist was good. Well, I, yeah, I agree with you. The twist at the end was, was very unexpected. I don't think I've seen this movie. Describe the plot to me, please. I don't even know. I don't, I, I know everything. So there's uh, so these little aliens. Uh, they're not aliens. They're big cloud-looking things that drop down points all over the world, uh, Russia, United States, stuff like that. And Amy, Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner go into these these things and talk to them, and they're trying to communicate with them. With, ah, with them. I like sci-fi, yeah, so I need she, to check it out. Yeah, and she keeps having weird dreams and stuff like that that... Haven't happened. So uh, and so she goes along, keeps doing this stuff, and at the end, something that happens. I don't want to spoil the movie for you because I think you're going to go watch it. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch it today, honestly. So <laughs> at, at the end, uh, uh, either Russia or the Chinese are have decided they're going to blow blow them up. They're just yeah. going to nuke them. Really? Yeah. So she's in there trying to crack this code of what they're trying to say, and then she she figures it out, and she gets them. Wow. To, she gets everybody to cease fire. Okay, I need to check it out. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a, Lee. Are you into science fiction? Is that is that your favorite yeah, genre? Am. Me too, bro. Probably, I, not, probably not my favorite, but I, it's up there. Man, I really like. Uh, since you're since you're younger, you might not have an appreciation for Terminator like I do. But I've been geeking out about the new. <laughs> I've been geeking out about the new trailer for the last like four days, man. I'm like so excited about that. And I bought. It'll be uh, awesome, yeah. And I bought what is it? Predator the 4K collection and Alien the 40th anniversary on 4 I just. I'm all about those. I would say that it's hard for me. My my favorite movie always changes back and forth. But man, Terminator Two and Aliens they're they're freaking good and they're up there for me, man. My, my favorite movie of all time has stayed the same forever. It is still the Goonies. It's still the Goonies, still hey the man. Goonies. There's, there's nothing wrong. Sloth, sloth, love chunk, right? Yes, sir. Hey, you 
guys. <laughs> All right. So before we move into the next segment, getting to know Lee is now complete. We are going to uh, do another public service announcement for you guys. I want you to know that it's very important to us to bring quality content to our listeners. And what we're trying here at Create a Rank is to be different. Um, we're not trying to, we're not saying we don't love the other guys because we respect everybody in the field and we would never throw shade at anybody else because we will exist in a world with everyone else, but we do want to bring a different experience to you that allows customization. So I want to take a moment to tell you, to tell our listeners about a fully customizable podcast service offered right now on creatorrank.com brought to you by the guys at CPMC. The service offers a fully customizable podcast for your fantasy football league. They will evaluate your rosters, give power rankings, do mock drafts, give out draft grades, suggest trades, preview the playoffs, and anything else your league needs them to do. Find them on Twitter at CPMC Podcast. That's once again at CPMC Podcast and creatorrank.com slash product slash CPMC. I'm hoping that these guys will break down our crazy lit uh, dynasty draft <laughs> that we just done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let me know how that ends. <laughs> I want to know about that. They're, they're going to kick Chris out of the league after they... Uh... <laughs> so I'm excited, though. They do a good job. Have you listened to any of their stuff yet, Lee? I actually have not. I, I need to, though, obviously. They're pretty fun, man. They do a good job. They know their stuff, too, man. And it's a, it's a different take. It's, uh, you know, what we're doing is trying to aid the listener and make them make great decisions so they have, have better, uh, you know, a better chance of beating their competition. And they kind of, they go in on the end result and tell you what you did or did not do. And it's, it's cool. It's, it's definitely an interesting take. I like the originality, man. It's good stuff. Mm. So what we're going to do now is the the floor is going to be Lee's quite a bit. Lee has compiled a top 15 list for rookies. So we're going to kind of give the floor to him, and Lee's going to tell us about these guys, and then uh, we'll chime in as wanted or needed. So, Lee, the floor is now yours. Let's go. Yeah, so um, I'll, just, I'll start with number one, I guess. My, it, I know it varies a lot in the dynasty community. Just there are so many different options for, for 101. But for me, it's got to be Josh Jacobs. And that, that might be part of because of my strategy in a lot of dynasty startups, where it's to get, get those elite wide receivers and then – build through the draft with running backs but i just think that the draft pedigree speaks for itself you know first round pick as a running back doesn't happen too often and usually when it does it, it means success and there honestly there's no competition in oakland i mean doug martin just was just resigned because isaiah Crowell tore his acl in practice and it's just there's no competition there and then just the player himself josh jacobs is a complete running back i think he might not be the fastest, but he's got great contact balance, super quick, makes great cuts, and is a great receiver, which is really what you need in fantasy. Nice. So he, that's why, for me, it's a slam dunk one-on-one. Would he be your slam dunk one-on-one in Dynasty and in redraft leagues? Oh, for, from a rookie perspective? Yes. Yeah, he'd be my first rookie that I would take, for I, sure. I would agree. Except, I would, outside of Superflex. I would absolutely agree with that as well. What? Let me ask you, though. Um, as far as Dynasty goes... It's there's so many young players, so you're not just thinking about the rookie, so to speak, right? Mm. Let's fast forward to August. This guy does a killer play in the preseason, right? How far can his stock rise? Will will he be a, a pass for you at some point if too many people jump on the train? Kind of like with with uh, with Juice last season until he got injured. Because if you remember, Juice started going in the top, or what thirteen 
of rookies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of, 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 so, not rookies, I, of running backs, excuse me. Yeah, I kind of just want to see where he actually was drafted in our league. Mm, let's see. Uh, he he's been drafted. I think he was a top. Yeah, he, he top, went. Uh, yeah, he James? went four eight. He went four eight. Yeah. So he what? So he was in the top thirty two picks. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, don't, I think he deserves to be in the territory of like Mac, Geis, Fournette, Johnson, Aaron Jones. Like I think he's up there with all of them. I think the tear break starts to happen when you get to mix when you get to like Dalvin and Lev Bell. Right. I would agree and with Connor, that. maybe even. But I think he deserves to be in that territory. If he starts getting drafted with the Mixins and Cooks and Bells, then, then we have a problem. Well, just look at but, it, man. Like, I'm, I pulled up Fantasy Pros right here, and they have him ranked 25, which is totally a steal right now. If you, Which, unfortunately, most people aren't drafting right now. But if yeah, you're drafting, yeah. that's... I mean, look at, look at the people they have ranked above him right now. They have Aaron Jones... Which that's close, but I might go Josh. Chris Carson. I'd go Jacobs. I would for sure go Jacobs over Chris Carson. Injuries, too much injuries. For Sonny Michelle, Josh Jacobs all day, right? Well, oh yeah. Derrick Henry. That is too much, yeah. I think I think I go Henry and hope for more of the same, right? I'm taking Henry. He, he's the lead back now. I'm a huge Henry hater, so not my. <laughs> <laughs> not your Huckleberry. Is is that why? Yeah, tough, you, tough argument for is me. Is that why you haven't given me Drew Brees yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to decline that trade. Maybe if you maybe let the. Let me make the pick. We would have had something different, but. <laughs> and then Philip, uh, Philip Lindsay. I think I'm, I'm, I'm going because I don't know, man. Philip Lindsay, I expect to do good, but he might be one of those C.J. Anderson type stories where it's you, you pay the price and he's not as good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think Jacobs deserves to be in that tier three for sure. Over Mark Ingram for sure. Yeah. Damian Williams, that's close. Damian Williams should get the rock a lot. That's close. That's close for sure. Just because they brought in some guys, but they're all undrafted or late round guys, I think. Right. So it's tough to tough to tell. Devontae Freeman, I would go Freeman. I think the hate on Freeman is way too much, man. I would. Uh, I would draft, pick, probably. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, is it is it Go- Juice? Is Beetle Juice? Beetle Geis? Is it Juice or Geis? I think it's Geis. I think it's Geis. Okay, yeah. we're going Geis. Geis, yeah. So and then I I personally would go Geis over him because I'm a big big fan, but I wouldn't uh-huh. I wouldn't hate on someone for going the opposite. And then and then you have Jacobs at 25. So realistically. He's going to rise up this list, man, because I think Penny's going to be the guy in Seattle. What do you think? I think Penny's going to be the guy, too. And that's just because uh, Carson can't stay healthy. He's hurt right now. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm actually, I just, a couple weeks ago, I bought a share of Penny in a dime suit. I think I gave up two like early seconds. Oh, that's steel, man. That's a good trade. And I just, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think if he, if, I don't think he could bust, and like that's that's the risk you take with any running back who doesn't produce in their first year. But the, just the draft pedigree, he averaged over five yards per carry. He looked pretty good when he was running. He came in a little overweight, and I think they, they drafted him for a reason. I think he will be the guy there. Oh, for sure. And we all know their their OC is all about pounding that damn rock, man. I mean, they almost to a fault, almost like Cowboys three years ago, right? It's well, the reason, the reason why they're doing that right now is because they don't have any offensive weapons. I mean, that's why they drafted DK Metcalf where they did. Right. I'm intrigued because I think that Penny, if I looked at the stat, and forgive me for not having the exact number, but I did, I did. it's on our Twitter. It's on Creator Rank's Twitter, actually. It's a stat that I shared. I do fact-finding for, for our website. And uh, he had the most yards after contact in the league last year. For like for average per run, it was it was very impressive. Something you wouldn't even know. So 
I absolutely, I would, I would go Jacobs all day and then go Penny even later and just, I, I think I would have a solid running back crew. So back to the list now, Lee, who do you have at number two? Who is your two? Number two was tough for me because I really wasn't sure, but I actually decided to go with David Montgomery. Oh, the Bears rookie. Yes, yes. I'm That's, a big fan of teams trading up in a draft to get a guy. That is Zach's pet cat this year. That is my dude. That is my pizza party player right there. <laughs> so he, at first, I really went back and forth. I think I did a complete 180 on it because at first I was like, okay, he's good. He's got good tape, but he is just so slow. And and I, I realize that he's slow, but just the draft pedigree, they only really have Mike Davis competing for carries because Terry Cohen is obviously more of a uh, receiving back. And Mike Davis is a jag. Balance. Sorry, what are you saying? Mike Davis? I said and Mike Davis is a jag. He's just a guy. Exactly. He's a guy. They didn't pay him that much. They paid him a decent amount, but to draft a guy, to move up to draft a guy in the third round, and just the contact balance, like the dude just doesn't go down. I think he broke PFF statistic for broken tackles. He did. Year. He did, yes. He absolutely demolished it. And just to have a guy who just doesn't go down is a very reliable pass catcher, whereas they didn't have that with Jordan Howard. I think he'll end up being the lead guy there and could see 15 touches. Yes, I love it. I love it, man. Who's your number three? Number three is where I, I go receiver, actually, and it's going to be Nikhil Harry. I just think he was – A.J. Brown was my wide receiver one before the draft because I love A.J. Brown. But Nikhil Harry is number two, and I just think the situation couldn't be any better. You know, the Patriots don't have a great history with drafting early receivers, but the tape – I mean – Nikhil Harry is just so strong, and he's fast enough where he can he can get downfield. He's got great hands. You know, he's a decent, pretty solid route runner, and he's got you know the, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Probably the greatest quarterback of all time throwing mm-hmm. the ball. Sounds like so, you say he's kind of, he, he sounds a lot like Des Bryant coming out of Oklahoma State. Exactly. Yes. So what do you think? What so yet? so you've got him okay. as so you have him as your number three. Uh, that, yep. Is that a dynasty ranking? Correct. This is a dynasty. Okay. So if so, my question to you is: is I like him too, and I I think that if I'm doing a a rookie draft right now, if we're if we're not doing a dynasty league and we're just doing straight rookies, it would be hard to pick the other receivers over him. My one thing that the only problem I have with him is that he's I think he's linked to the hip of Tom Brady and the Patriots show. When's it in? When's it going to end? We don't know, right? (laughs) The rule the rule of dynasty is what you play for three years. Three-year right. window, yeah. Yeah, three-year window. So, I think, I think, I think it's a safe spot. I think I would be confident, and even more than that, for our listeners that aren't dynasty, because you know we're, we are talking about rookies in here. All three picks that Lee's just talked about are guys you can win your league with because you will mm-hmm. be able to get them later. Josh Jacobs, not so much. He will be uh, his. I think his price will rise. But Montgomery is going to be a third or fourth round type running back that could be locked in for your lineup. And man, I, I personally think that I think wide receiver two range, wide receiver three range for sure. I do. I'm a big believer, so I'm liking it, man. Who you got it for? For um, I, I pivot back to running back, and I'm, I'm going to go Miles Sanders. Okay. And I'm an Eagles fan. This isn't a bias. I didn't put him one on one, so I just think that I don't know. There is a, a definitely committee approach in Philadelphia, and there has been since Doug Peterson's been the coach, and even before then. But this is really the highest drafted running back we've had since LaShawn McCoy uh, back in the day. 
And I really think that you don't draft a guy in the second round to not use him. So while this year he might he might get off to a slow start, I think eventually it's his job to win. I think you guys have too many horses in this table. There. There's a lot. You, you don't know which running back to use at which situation. Well, the good news there is the, well, the good news is is that Jordan Howard was a six round trade, so they, mm-hmm. there's no draft capital in that at all. And he's on right? the last year of his rookie deal, right? Yes, yeah. I believe so. And you know what? He's not a very good goal line back. Right, like with the Bears, he didn't get a lot of touchdowns. He can he he get yards, but he just didn't really. He didn't. I think his vision or it's weird. He just wasn't able to kind of. Well, I mean, you when think, you get down there and they use Cohen actually well, more in goal line packages. Well, that's because Cohen odd. is more of a shifty back. Yeah, so I'm wondering if Sanders is going to be the goal line guy from the get because he's he seems to have really good vision from what I've seen. Would you agree with that or is that a is that yeah a, no he's got great vision. Great um, lateral quickness, great cuts. I think, yeah, I think he's going to be the guy eventually. It's just a little. It might be a little bit of a waiting game, especially with Jordan Howard. And that's fine because you probably will be able to draft a guy like that. What super late and just let him sit on your bench and just see what happens. The Eagles are going to be a good offense and they're going to score points. So a guy that has vision and can be goal line is absolutely get that flex appeal, right? At least Mm -hmm. exactly. At least. All right. Who is next, sir? Yeah, this is actually probably this is the end of my tier break. I'd say like in every draft, rookie draft I'm in, I've been trying to get into the top five because in my eyes, I think Gantz is the one on one for me, and I, I wouldn't take anyone else there. But I do think that the top five is could be interchangeable, and the, this these are the guys I feel pretty comfortable with. And so number five for me is actually going to be DK Metcalf. Nice. And okay. Yeah. So for him, he's a guy who. Tested ridiculously, and on tape, he he's a ridiculous athlete. Like Miles Boykin tested ridiculously at the combine, and I watched some of his tape, and he just looks slow to me. Whereas like DK Metcalf is every bit as fast as as the tape shows, and as the as the combine number shows. And I think that he can develop into a good route runner. I think that's what the, the coaches are for, and I think he's got those intangibles that, that are going to make him a really good receiver in the NFL. Here's, like. here's my only question about DK Metcalf: Where was his production in college? Was it Ole Miss's fault? I, I wouldn't say it's Ole Miss's fault. Um, I just think that A.J. Brown dominated the targets, which he should. I think he's a, the best receiver in the draft. And I think that they didn't really develop his route tree at all in college for Metcalf because they kind of just had him running running fly routes and just, you know, and that's really it. So he ran the deep route. He would run some curls, some slants. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, if if you watch the tape of Metcalf, it's 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 either a fly, a curl, or an out. Like three routes, right? Yeah, that's all he ran was three routes. Exactly. So like the route two was very very limited. So if he can expand that, you know, he's got the athletic tools. Like once he has the ball in his hand, it's it's over. Yeah, I know. I know uh, a lot of the. He's a the jump dra- ball stud. That's for sure. A lot of the draft God. experts that I that I listen to, they're worried about his uh his back. They don't know if he can. They don't know if he can turn like he should be able to. Uh huh. I don't know. He, yeah, he looks like he looks like Derrick Henry as a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny story. I actually ran into Derrick Henry on my honeymoon oh, in no Mexico. Way. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a Tennessee Titans wedding going on there, and he happened to be there. Uh, me and my wife had just got <laughs> done getting a, a couple's massage, and we're about to walk down the stairs. And this six foot three, two hundred and twenty five pound <laughs> solid rock of a man is walking up the stairs, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! I know who you are. That's crazy. See, I'm That's I'm intrigued. Awesome. By, I like the DK Metcalf. That's crazy that you would have him over Brown. Uh, not not that I disagree with it, but it's I think it's a testament to how much of an unbeliever we are in Mariota, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Corey, look at Corey Davis. Corey exactly, Davis is top exactly. eight. And yeah. he's done nothing, and it's all because of his quarterback. 
Is Tannehill going to take his job? No. I don't know why they Probably not. That. Probably not. So but not that's not a hot take? When you have two quarterbacks, <laughs> you have zero quarterbacks. Yeah, all right. Okay. Unless you drafted a guy like you traded the, uh, the Broncos traded for Keenum. They drafted Haskins. Well, they did that on purpose. Keenum's the stopgap. Man. Haskins is the future. That's crazy. All right, Lee, who's next, sir? Yeah, so next I did put AJ Brown just because I I love the dude and I I think he has the most, like I think he's the best receiver in the draft. Just so strong, such a good route runner, deceptively fast, catches everything. Like there's there's not much to overthink about it. The only thing to overthink is that you know Corey Davis is a generational wide receiver talent, first round, fourth overall I think, and can't even finish as a can barely finish as a wide receiver two in fantasy. So it's just. I think talent should win out, and I think that the good thing about the Titans situation is that Mariota either either is good and actually gives gives production to these guys, or he's bad and they don't resign him and they draft someone. So, I think the Titans have got to draft someone. I, I don't think they have a quarterback of the future. Neither quarterback that's on that roster has proven they can stay healthy. You know, they've both gone to the playoffs at least once. I know Mariota's won a game. I don't think Tannehill has actually won a game. Nope. But you know that's. They're on their fifth year. Fifth year. Well, Tannehill might be seven or eight, but Mariota's. On, I think he's on the last year of his rookie deal. Well, I think. I think with both. I, I think that the list we're looking at receiver wise. Uh, what's tantalizing me about it is that I think these are all rookies that we can uh, we can go after and we can expect production targets and usage. And I think that's what's huge right now is that you can't say that like last year you looked at guys like DJ Moore. Uh, Calvin Ridley, there was a lot of question marks about how exactly they were going to fit. And without question, I think that what, what were you top? Are we on five or six on your list right now? This is six now. Okay. Round six. That's six. So we're looking at the six, and I think all six can you can make legitimate fantasy stake in and expecting a role, just even even if it's just by f- pure force, right? Mm-hmm. Because who else besides Corey Davis is there in Tennessee? Adam Humphreys is he going to? I mean, sure he's going to get targets, but he's Adam Humphreys, right? Like he's yeah. a PPR guy, so then you look in Seattle. There's no Doug Baldwin, right? So now it's TJ and him, and then it, so it's it just makes so much sense. So I'm loving it, man. Who's next? Yeah, next I go. Um, this might be a mistake. I mean, it might not be, but I'm not gonna know a fan actually. And I, I say it might be a mistake because Mike Isicki went last year. I'm not sure if he made it to the first round of the drafts, but he was definitely up there, and he did not perform. But they have the same athletic profile. Fan has the higher draft pedigree being drafted in the first round. And I, 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 although he had a little bit less college production in terms of receptions, I really liked Fan's tape, and I think he just looks like an athletic freak on tape. The touchdown. In the red zone. He's a touchdown machine. Right. Exactly. And he's, he's, exactly. Where, he's, where, he's with Denver, right? Yes. Yeah, he's with Denver, Flacco. Yeah, I like it, and man. Lock, I don't dis- don't apologize for that pick. I don't disagree with it at all. Flacco's <laughs> always thrown to his tight ends. That's yeah, you Flacco and his tight end or a match. Was it uh, who was the tight end? The, the white guy there. Uh, funny name. He's with Houston as well. That was just a beast for fantasy with Flacco. Oh, I couldn't tell you. Ugh, forgot his name, but god, oh, yeah, it's Flacco. Pitta? Dennis Pitta? No, it wasn't Pitta. It was the one right before. I'd have to, I'd have to look it up. It's like I said, it's not important. But it, the, the the important <laughs> thing is, is that he does absolutely go uh, the way at the tight end, and I expect the same in Denver. They they do have Butt still, who keeps getting injured. Yep. So yeah. I, I I would I would absolutely man. If if you're a guy like me, I wait on tight end. I don't. I I, I like Kelsey. Don't get me wrong. And and Ertz, man, I. 
I like him almost to a hate fault. Like it just disturbs me how much I, I appreciate his talent. <laughs> and I um I like to wait though. Like last year I was big on on uh, OJ Howard, and I was real big on Njoku. Those were the two guys that I could just wait on and just scrape yeah. up because the state of tight end is so weird. And I actually uh, something I want to talk to you about real quickly, not to not to change everything, but I think our listeners need to know this is the year that I think tight end is going to be the deepest. It's ever been. I think, I think you have ten legit tight ends. I think year. this year you're going to be able to find tight ends that are super productive, and I think the tight end position's coming back. I really do, and I think Noah Fan is a guy that will give you that Eric Ebron type season. I really do. I think if the usage is there, like I think it's going to be, I don't think it's out of the question to think uh, he, he puts up that kind of. I mean, but he, that's historically crazy awesome touchdowns. But I'm thinking he yeah, can. I was gonna say Ebron was. Yeah, yeah. Was I'm thinking he can be that guy that you plug in that you you have a safe bet at getting red zone looks, and that's really all you need and want, right? Would you agree with yeah. that, lady? Are you feeling that vibe with the tight ends like I am? So I think the tight ends. Yes, I do think the tight ends will improve this year. I, I worry a lot about rookie tight ends and I, so that's why i wanted to caution people especially since this is mostly a redraft podcast and just tight ends take a lot longer to break out when, like receivers we talk about the three-year breakout tight ends it could be a five-year breakout so with the first round tight end it'll be a little different i just i'm not quite sure that fan is ready this year is my only worry i think it's worth it man i don't know i think you're I'll right take the risk yeah. I'll take the risk for sure if it's late enough. Oh, sure. If it's free, absolutely. Right? Yeah, oh, no doubt. Yeah, if it's you a, have if, that athletic profile. If your, draft, if, your next kick is, if your next pick is a defense and you're that late in the draft, then I would take a flyer on him. And, and you're, I think you're going to be able to because everyone's going to think exactly what you just said. Man, you know, I don't – I mean, you could have drafted Dallas Goddard last year or picked him up on waivers, and he yeah. was startable in like six games, right? Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not a bad gig. So – that man, uh, you can you can wait. I, I really think I think two things are two things that we're gonna be able to talk about when this fantasy football season's over. The return of the tight end and the return of the running quarterback having more value. I think this yeah. I think this year you're gonna have the Kyler Murrays, the Lamar Jacksons, the Josh Allens that people are going to just hit on late and they're gonna have so much of a dynamic extra point structure because of their legs that it's gonna. They're gonna be a lot of. They're gonna be in a lot of championship and playoff rosters. I think because it's just people are underestimating how much that brings to the table when you get quarterbacks that run too as well. But yeah, my two cents there. So, so who do you have next, Lee? Yeah. So next, I've got the next three I year are all speedsters, and I might just group them together because they're so close. Okay. And then I'll talk a little bit about each, but. So I've got Paris Campbell, then Andy Isabella, and then Nicole Hardman. And so for Campbell, I think I put him up up there because he's he's tied to luck and I and the draft pedigree. Okay. And I just think that he's a guy who's mainly utilized as a short route, like play after the catch kind of guy, but I think could actually develop into a deep threat in the NFL. And I think he's he's looked good in camp from what I've heard, and he could end up being really good. And then um, Isabella is a guy is kind of one of my draft darlings who I really liked coming out. Just Car- the production was absurd. Cardinals, right? Yeah, Cardinals. So he got drafted um, second round, I believe, or maybe but actually third, maybe. Um, he went to the Cardinals. Um, we saw with with Marquise Brown that um, that Kyler Murray likes to utilize a deep threat, and I think and and Isabella is blazing and is just a really good, well-rounded receiver. So I think he should excel with Kyler Murray at quarterback. Nice. And then 
And then Mikol Hardman. I'm not sure if I had to pronounce his name, but I'm going to go with Mikol Hardman. I like it. <laughs> he, um, he was a guy who I actually hadn't watched at all until this morning. And I decided to put him at 10 because, number one, Patrick Mahomes. And with the looming Tyree Kill possible ban, it seems like they really moved up to get their replacement. He's not an exact comparison to Tyree Kill because Tyree Kill is kind of an otherworldly athlete. But he's definitely a guy who's got the burners, and you know he's also really good after the catch. So if he can develop his route tree a little bit more and kind of become that Tyree Kill kind of playmaker, then he could end up being really good for a long time. Nice. I like it. I, I don't disagree with anything that you've just put down, man. I would, I would make the argument, and once again, this is your list, so I'm not trying to take it apart, but uh, I might. No, of course. I, Paris Campbell might. I might. God, it would be tough, but I might go Paris Campbell over the uh, other wide receivers. I might, just depending on what I, I have, see. Actually. Yeah, just Eight, what nine, I ten. see. Yeah, so that's awesome, man. Uh, who Who's next after that? And then I've got um, J.J. Arcega Whiteside next. And oh. Eagles guy, I was a little skeptical of the pick uh, initially because he kind of seems like Alshon 2.0. But in thinking of that, you know, the Eagles are obviously looking for the future and thinking that Alshon's not going to be able to play forever and might not be an Eagle forever. Right. So just to be able to draft his replacement, a guy who has ridiculous red zone numbers, highest red zone cash percentage in, in the country, just gets up, high points of the ball, boxes people out, and just scores touchdowns. So he might not be an immediate guy, but he will definitely be present in red, red zone situations, and, and he should develop into a solid player. I mean, it, it was a smart pick. I mean, Alshon's got two, three years left on his deal. Yeah, and Aguilar's in the last year of his deal, right? Or is Aguilar yeah, gone? Yeah, he was in the last year of his deal. Yeah, yeah. So he's gone soon. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Oh, let's do it. Who's next? Then um, I'm so, I'm kind of surprised at myself that this guy fell so far in my rankings, but I really am just not a fan for some for whatever reason. Uh, Debo Samuel at twelve. Ooh, okay. I mean, he was drafted in the second round by the Niners. Same round as uh, Dante Pettis was last year. Right. And I I just, I don't know, I watched his tape. You know, he didn't really produce that much in college, like, compared to, like, an A.J. Brown or an Andy Isabella. And he had a really good senior bowl, and he looked, he looked decent. But I just don't, you know, he's undersized, he's not super fast, he's pretty quick. But just to me, it just he's not a guy that warrants, like, a that wow factor, and that, that guy is going to really give you, like, crazy fantasy numbers. Yeah, he's out of South Carolina, isn't he? Yep. I would think, man, that's an interesting spot. I I, I don't think you could put him in a better spot, though. Um, I really do people like him. People have him higher. A lot of people have him higher. Yeah, oh, for sure, for the, sure. The draft guys here in Dallas, Brian Broaddus, Jeff Kavanaugh, all that, he was one of their pet cats. They thought Dallas should have gotten him in. Yeah, absolutely. Taking him in the third, but I, he didn't last that long. I think, no, I, think exactly. I think you have him right around where you should be, and I think that of course we're we're going off of just tape and what we think, but I think mm. I think he could be a big riser in the preseason because yep, exactly. I do I think that he's got talent, and from what I've seen with Jimmy G, man, I think I think Pettis I think Pettis is going to become a household name this year too, man. We'll see, mm. we'll see. I'm, I'm I'm liking what I'm I, I like the I like what I see in San Francisco. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah, so do I. All right, who is next, sir? Next, I actually have TJ Hawkinson. Oh, nice. And Go Lions. Yeah, for him, yeah, nice tight end, another nice tight end. And I just think just that he was drafted so high. And, I don't know, Big Cat, actually, um, 
give him a follow at FF Big at FF Big Cat, I think is his Twitter handle. Yeah. He did a whole thread about the narrative that Stafford doesn't throw to his tight ends. And I I brushed up on it this morning just to just to check it out. But almost every year they had the Lions tight end hovers around a seventeen percent target share, I think, maybe even a little bit more. Okay. And Bevel has been known to utilize his tight ends. I mean, he had Jimmy Graham, but and I wouldn't say Hawkinson is necessarily Jimmy Graham yet. But you know, with the, those combination of factors, and if Hawkinson can get on the field, which he should be able to, because he's a good blocker, you know, he could produce some low end tight end one numbers, maybe. Well, I think I think you you hit on it, man. I'm a fan of him as well, and I think I don't know if Chris agrees with me here, but. One thing you can you know about the Patriot coaching tree is that you're going to get a little bit of action from what you've mm-hmm. seen the Patriots do before. So, for instance, uh, a lot of the schemes that the Patriots used in their championship years on defense, you see the Titans using because they have Mike Vrabel, right? Mm-hmm. And he's a very good coach, and that's why I don't think you can write off the Titans as being a bad team, even if their quarterback sucks, because they just run the ball, they play good defense, and they're 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 in the games. They never really got their butts beat. Well, the same can be said for the Lions. They had a really weird first month of the season. When I was doing yeah. my uh, rankings last year of teams, I actually had the Lions as making a, being being a wild card team because I really liked what I what I saw of their roster building. And mm-hmm. I think you hit the nail on the head with him being low tight in one. I think that he's going to be able to – my comparison is going to be Evan Ingram's rookie year. I would expect that kind of production from him. I really do because I know I know they signed the tight end as well uh, from the Steelers, and yeah, yeah, James. So, but he is. I mean, the Steelers let him walk for a reason, and I do expect them to use him. And I expect to see quite a few two tight end sets in uh, in Detroit this year. And fans going to be able to go out there because of that, while James is blocking and he's going to be a weapon. And uh, I do. I, I'm I'm on board. I'm on board the fan train too. Or not the fan train, excuse me, the, uh, Take the, the TJ the the TJ train. Take the, the two hot tight train. ends off the field. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, the work. Hawk train. It doesn't work. And, then Chris, and then Chris Temple hates two tight ends <laughs> with a passion. <laughs> it's also been proven that it's worse to run out of a two tight end set than it is a He hates carnies and two tight end sets. Absolutely. So in case, in case anybody was wondering. Dallas, Dallas is so inept. They run with three tight ends on the field all the time. Take them off the field. So every podcast, Lee, the last five minutes will be, what does Temple hate this week? And we'll just let him go on a tirade. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so who's next? All right, so yeah, at 14, we've got another guy who fell. I actually maybe too far in my rankings. But anyways, Marquise Brown. Hollywood. And he's, he's, he's a great, he's great. I mean, he's a burner. He's, got, he's pretty developed as a route runner. I just don't know if I can trust Lamar Jackson throwing to a wide receiver. And I can't trust Lamar Jackson too much. the ground. <laughs> that might be putting too much stock into the quarterback, into the situation, because he's such a high draft pick. But it's tough for me to believe that Lamar Jackson is going to become a significantly better passer and, and deep passer. So that's why I'm so low. I agree. So I uh, like Marquise Brown a lot, and I'm actually a kind of a Lamar Jackson halfway truther, if that makes sense. Like I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that he is. I reckon I'm not gonna make excuses. He is what he is, and you can absolutely game plan against him. I think the Chargers proved that last year, right? Yeah. He tore them up on Saturday Night Football, and they studied what they studied what it was, and they played this weird hybrid zone scheme that just kept him in yeah. the pocket, and he didn't figure it out till the fourth quarter. 
And when it was garbage time, really. Oh, so, yeah, they were down by 30. And he, had, he had like 12 yards passing or something. But I think if you look at Hollywood Brown and you look at the talent and the pedigree, and then let's compare that to Willie Sneed last year, um, I think that you can. Uh, I think the spot you have him is right because of being cautiously optimistic. But he's one of those receivers that I'm taking as Mr. Irrelevant if, I, if, if he's available because the upside's there. And mm-hmm. Willie Sneed was actually flexible in some games uh, just from last year. So not to say that that's what the case is going to be, but I, I you ranked him in the right spot. But I, I think the Lamar Jackson will improve. I don't know how much he can. Uh, you know, there's a Twitter uh, debate going on yesterday between Josh Allen and Lamar. Which one would you go with? And I think both are going to yeah. be fantasy. Uh, I think both are going to be very fantasy relevant. I'm taking Josh Allen all day. Over the, over yeah, I'll take Josh Allen too. Yeah, I did not. I went Lamar, so we'll see. <laughs> this will be a good. Then we get to poke fun at each other all, all year. Two, two <laughs> well, versus also one. Remember, Josh Allen's a better runner than Lamar Jackson is. I like Josh. Stat, oh, stat Josh line. Allen pumps me up, dude. I almost went. I almost went Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen in our draft. By the way, that I went Big Ben that instead. That would have been nice. I went Big Ben instead because I was like, okay, he's going to play three more years, three year window. I've got one young, but I almost went both. And because I, I was like, they'll just run all the time. But then I was like, oh, I just couldn't pull the trigger. I, I I almost pressed the button like five or six times on Josh Allen, and I did not. So I hope I don't regret that. So who is Mr. 15, Mr. Irrelevant on your top 15 rookie list? Yeah, so Mr. 15, I'll, I'll tell him, and then you guys will uh, talk to me about any notable admissions that I might have had. I, I wrote a couple down, but you definitely can you know question me about those. But number 15 for me is definitely Daryl Henderson, especially – after the, the recent news, and maybe the recent news is a little bit of, I don't, I don't even know what it is, to be honest, but he's a guy who's my second running back uh, pre-draft. I really I was really hoping the Eagles would draft him. absolutely love his tape. He's just so fast, great vision, not great. He's not great lateral, laterally quick, but he's got such good contact balance and vision that it, it really makes up for it. And... He's just a guy who I think can really excel in the right scheme. And from what I hear, the, uh, the Rams is that scheme. So if anything happens to Gurley, which it seems to happen, and if, you know, for some reason his career is cut short or even, you know, just gets injured during the season, some load management, you know, Henderson is going to get a lot of carries. I would uh, I would agree. I, I would say, and I, it's funny, we had this discussion for a little bit on our uh, thread, on our sleeper app yesterday. And yeah. I'm... I agree with he's so talented, and I was scratched my head at the pick because they re-signed yeah. they re-signed Brown, they drafted Kelly last year, and then exactly. him too. So they have four running backs that will be on their roster. They're not letting any of those guys go. Period. So I'm I'm it's maybe maybe I mean they're they're GM smart, so maybe somebody gets traded, and that would make me feel better. But I I know that as a girly owner, I'm going to target him. Like that mm-hmm. that is a thing, right? I, I will absolutely do that, but. Last year, I felt the more talented running back was Kelly. I targeted Kelly, and even when the girly injury happened at the end of the season, I picked up Kelly over C.J. Anderson, and that story oh, wow. didn't, that story didn't end very well for me. <laughs> Luckily, on waivers, I picked up a home dude on Kansas City, Williams, started him, and I won oh, the championship yeah. with him. I had Robbie Anderson and him was my waiver wire pickups of the week that brought me to the promised land. But uh, I... I need to see it. The the Rams are a, such a well tuned machine, and McVay knows what he's doing. We, we know the talents there, but is the rookie going to be able to get what we think? We think this is what should happen, but are they going to use him like we think, or is it going to be Brown still? 
right? Is he just going to have a couple packages a game? We don't know, but you got the, you got the ranking on the head with that guy, man. And he's absolutely yeah. – he's the guy, if I'm drafting, this. You know, our job is to make sure that our owners make smart, educated decisions uh, for their teams. That's why they're going to listen and tune into us. You, I'm drafting him over the other guys, but I'm also just going to be very aware that I need to watch like a hawk their games and yeah. pay attention to what happens with carries. Like that's mm-hmm. that's uber important because that could change in an instant. And Malcolm Brown would be a guy you could probably, if you're doing a fab league, pay, pay a dollar for as opposed to the difference. So that's something to pay attention to. So that's a nice list, man. I like it. I dig it. Daniel Jones just got picked in our creator ring draft. I was going to have a live pick. Yes, Daniel Jones. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Woo, I'm glad I'm not a Giants fan. I don't know about that one. Yeah, Big Cat picked him. So, uh, Chris, are there any rookie misses that you'd put in your top 15 or anybody that you really like? Uh, I'm not sure if there's any misses or if this is more of a, uh, a question of what do you think this guy should be picked around. And that's Justice Hill, the running back out of Oklahoma State for uh, Baltimore. Oh yeah, so that's interesting. I didn't I didn't ask you a past fifteen, but he's definitely a guy who can be in that conversation as like the kind of the the running back, the second running back probably in the rotation now, but behind an aging veteran, like similarly to Devin Singletary in Buffalo, even though they have Yeldon also, and I think that he he probably deserves to go around fifteen to twenty, maybe a little bit later. Because he's a guy who like tested freak, freaky athletically at the combine. Yeah, and see, that's that's what I was wondering because he had good college production. For me, it's like they paid Ingram so much for a running back that I think he will be the guy for the next three years. Yeah, because because you got I mean you got Montgomery up there and Justice Hill was a better runner in college. He didn't have the power that Montgomery did, but uh-huh. every year except for uh, Hill's junior year where he was injured. He had a couple injuries and, that year. And Gus, Edwards is, and Gus Edwards is just a guy. He he rose to the opportunity last year, but they signed someone and drafted someone because he clearly isn't the dude. So I think, what would you say, Lee, if you're doing a draft, I'm drafting Mark Ingram and I'm cuffing him, right? I'm getting both. Yeah. I'm protecting my pick. I'm getting Mark Ingram at a value for sure. Right. I think in a lot of drafts he's, he's very undervalued. And in Dynasty he's super undervalued right. because of his age. And then cut, lock yes, it in. I will try to get Justice Hill. I'm all sure. about like I'm all about making a complete running back pick, if that makes sense. If if yeah, of course. I, I'm not a super cuff guy, but if I have question marks, if I have age versus youth, and I know that injury could happen because players get old and it's a team that will be run heavy, I would absolutely yeah. lock it in and without question and have no problem well, with yeah. it. Yeah, I mean what about you know Damian Harris versus Sonny Michelle? I stay away yes. from big <laughs> Patriots running backs. I don't think I'll ever be able to get. A no, good I say them. I say let someone else make a patriot patriot headache. And I like Sonny Michelle, and I told my wife to draft him last year, and she had a pretty decent fantasy team. I just, I, I you just don't know what to expect, man. With with that, I, I'd rather instead of going Michelle. We were talking about rankings earlier, and we're actually about to head into that here in a second. You know, you look at who's ranked. I'd rather go Philip Lindsay, honestly, and then I'd probably just protect the pick and get Royce at some point. Oh yeah, I'd definitely take Lindsay. Over I would take I would take Mark Ingram over him. I would I would take Damian Williams over him. I would take the guys. I would I would not take Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller is dead to me. Well, you got to think about this guys out of uh, you're talking about guys for uh, the Redskins. He's coming off an ACL injury, but he's also got Adrian Peterson there. So guys isn't going to get you 200 carries. He might get you. Between 120 and 150 carries this year. So for our owners, Lee, uh, for for individuals that are listening to us because they 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 they're tired of losing, 
They gotta yeah. win, man. They they're like, man, I need to I need to hear a different perspective. I'm collecting. Most people, it's it's a it's a fact that if you listen to a fantasy pod, you probably listen to five or six. It's not just one yeah. because they're not every day. It's not like the radio, right? You could do one a workout, one a car ride, whatever the case may be. So our goal, our objective is to become a household. We, we they need to listen. They need to lock our lineup with us. Who is a player that you didn't cover that you can pick late that can give you flex value? Who is it? Who is a guy that about, no one? Rookies? Yes, on uh, rookies. Who's who's the guy that's a rookie that we literally no one will be talking about, and they will be a waiver wire pickup within the first five weeks. Oh, do you have one? Off the top of my head, you guys kind of already said one, but um, which one? So I'll go. I'll go a running back and a receiver. So first, I'll start off with Damian Harris. Actually, okay. Because it's just it's, it's mostly because we don't know what the Patriots are going to do. I can't imagine. This is weird because I said this about Sony Michelle. They drafted a first round running back. They have to use him. And now I'd say the same thing for a third round running back. To be honest, I just think that I just can't imagine them drafting a guy in the third round to not really utilize him. And I think that they might be a little worried about Sony Michelle's injury history, and they might want to try to limit his carries. So I think. Maybe due to injury, or maybe just because they give a lot of work, that Damian Harris could could be a guy to get ten to fifteen touches. Okay. And then receiver. Well, there's a lot of receivers I really want to highlight here. Um, I think I'm going to go with Calvin Harmon. Okay, I like it. And he's a guy who was. Maybe not a consensus, but pretty close to a consensus top six, seven wide rookie wide receiver before the draft came around. Everyone watched his tape and they said, this guy is a very good receiver. And it looks like the NFL didn't agree with him. But I've seen some good things out of camp from ha- like the, the Haskins to Harmon connection. It looks like he could be on the outside. And he's a receiver who's going to get really late probably in rookie drafts. That that could produce for you. Oh man, I like it. For me, I think we he was on your list, so it's kind of cheating. But for me, it's Hollywood Brown. That's the that's uh-huh. that's the guy that I would tell because you're not putting much value into when you're picking kickers and defenses and backup quarterbacks and all that in the last four or five rounds of your drafts. You're really not. Uh, oh, Miles Sanders just got picked. You're really not. Oh really? Yeah. You're not committing anything. You know what I mean? You're not. Uh, committing much draft capital into that. So I'm okay taking a flyer on somebody that's a home run hitter. Because exactly. if depending on the league you're playing in, especially if it's .5 or, or standard, a guy that's mm-hmm. a home run hitter has a super value. See, and t- you know, Mar- was it Martavis Bryant when he was a rookie, right? He was almost yeah. flex start, start worthy every week whenever he started playing. Yep. So there's a bunch of intangibles there. So what about you, Chris? Anybody that you can think of that you would tout – well, you you mentioned Martavius Bryant. I'm pretty much going to say if if the Pittsburgh Steelers draft a second round wide receiver, you pick him up <laughs> <laughs> because they always seem to turn out to be really good wide receivers. Speaking of which, Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown, uh, James Washington last year. You know he's going to get that opportunity this year, and then they just uh, they picked up another guy this this year. Uh, you know the name of uh, his name off the top of your head, Lee. The the rookie or the uh, the second round wide receiver they drafted yeah Deontay Johnson yeah so there's another guy for you he might be their wide receiver three 
they are they are probably the best organization when it comes to drafting wide yeah. receivers. They don't draft them in the first round, but if they take a, if they take them in the second round, they're going to be good. I mean, very few have not turned out well. I mean, you had Lima Sweet out of Texas who couldn't hold on to the ball. Uh, you know they they do really well at drafting wide receivers in round two. So let's go. Let's let's take a a quick because we're about to talk about rankings real quick. We're going to play high low. Let's do one player that we are not. Um, that we would draft late that's not a rookie, that we think ADP-wise is pretty low, that we think could be a surprise. You go first, Lee. Oh, so I, I don't want to go with the like the basic guy, but I might. he gave me first, so I might have to. This guy is a – for people who listen to podcasts, I'm sure they've heard his name a lot. It's uh, For me, it's Curtis Samuel. Okay. I just think the he's going, like I believe, 10th or 11th rounds in drafts. And he's a guy who showed, especially at the end of the year, that he is elite when he gets the ball in his hands. And I think that the Panthers saw that, and they really force-fed him targets. And he's becoming a better route runner as he's more of a gadget player at Ohio State. So I think this might be the year that he really breaks out and becomes a deep threat and a complete receiver. Nice. I'd like it, man. Chris, who do you got? I'm going the wide receiver route, too. I'm going with Cortland Sutton from Denver. Okay. I think he's got the kings, uh, keys to the kingdom. He is wide receiver number one. And the way he played down the stretch last year, I think he's going to be a legit wide receiver two this year. And then the year after, he'll be a wide receiver one going forward. All right. And me, um, I like to cheat, so I've got two. So I'm, I'm an over. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm the guy that turned in extra credit. Uh, for me, it's Naheem Hines. I am all about that dude. I, I will try to own him in every league if I can on the Colts. I think he's a PPR machine. I think he's an every week flex starter. I'm, I'm all about him, man. And then uh, another guy that I'm going to try to take a lot of flyers on is going to be James Washington on the Steelers. Uh, so I, I have a feeling that it's going to be not quite free. I think the hype will start to gain on him a little bit in the chatter, but I, I think he would be a guy where, especially if you go RB heavy to start yeah. the draft, I think he might be a guy that would be a really good wide receiver three pick well, for you. you got to think about Washington. Though. Washington had uh, some issues with Roethlisberger last year. He got benched. He actually got sad. He didn't even Right, up. and he got injured for sure. Yeah, uh, but he came into camp this year. I think he's lost 15 to 20 pounds coming into camp this year. Uh, he's never been a speedster, but when you throw him a deep ball, he seems to be faster and not muscle everybody for it. He might be the best deep ball receiver in the, in the league. Wow. If he gets that opportunity, and he hasn't had it yet, because in college, he was the best deep ball threat that college had ever seen. Nice. We still have, by the way, Lee. Chris and I do on our other on our other podcast. We do um, we do breakdowns, right, of the divisions, and we're doing week by week right now of NFL. And this week we uh, did the AFC North. Yeah. And we both had the Steelers winning the division, even with all the departures and stuff. I just I just think they're and the Browns hype. You don't buy the Browns hype? We don't no, buy the Browns. I don't buy, the only reason I don't buy the Browns hype is because they haven't proven it yet. We had the Steelers with 10 wins, Ravens and Browns both with nine, and then four wins for the Bengals. Yeah. was how it kind of wow. shifted out. It's The Bengals have a murderer's row first five-week schedule, if you want to look that up, if you have some free time. It's it's disgusting. Like, they open the oh, season okay. in Seattle. It's it's so rough, and I don't think the Bengals are going to be like super trash by any means. But it, guys, just it was just rough. But yeah, so that's another another topic for another day. So we're gonna we're gonna yeah, end the pod. We're gonna end the pod today talking about high low. Okay, so uh, I've got a list right now of fantasy pros. All right, we're gonna do top ten. 
And we're just going to every week bring this as a segment to the show. So we'll do 11 through 20 next week and so on and so forth, right? Just to bring some relevancy in. Uh, these lists will change organically as the season goes, but not a whole lot until the preseason, really. Uh, so for what you, if you pull up Fantasy Pros right now, those rankings are probably, barring injury, going to stay very similar for the next seven or eight weeks. So we're going to do quarterbacks first right here, okay? So we're going to do quarterbacks, we're going to do wide receivers, and we're going to do running backs. So we're going to start with the quarterbacks. So the consensus number one is Patrick Mahomes. High or low? I go... Just right. <laughs> Don't change the thing. What do you go, Lee? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to not rank him number one, so yeah, we'll go, we'll go just right. What about you, C-Temp? Oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. I'm taking him with the first pick in every league I'm in. All right, consensus number two, Andrew Luck. High or low? I'm going to go... Oh, I'm going to go too high, but just a little bit too high. What about you, Lee? Just right. Just right for me. Okay, what about you, Chris? Uh... I think Andrew Luck is a little, might be a little too high. All right, we've got Aaron Rodgers ranked number three, high or low. I've got him too high. What about you, Lee? Again, I'm just right on Rodgers. Okay. I think he's too high. I think he can't stay healthy anymore. All right, number four, Deshaun Watson. Too high or too low? I have him too low. Lee? I am, I am too high. Oh! I am too high. He gets sacked too much. He loses too many yards. Uh, on rushing okay. because of that. I mean, it hurts the stats overall. All right. And for those of you wondering, I would rank the Sean Watson as my QB2, and then I would have Luck and then Aaron Rodgers. Uh, let's He's see. my six. Number six, okay. We've got Russell Wilson ranked number five, high or low. I'm going to go – man, Russell Wilson is such a weird fantasy QB. I'm going that's too high, man. It's too low. Russell Wilson's QB2. What about you, Lee? I have um. I'm just right, actually. It's pretty weird that it'll land up like that, but just right. Okay. Baker Mayfield, too high or too low? I have him too low at number six. Too, oh, I am way too high. Okay. And what do you have him as, Chris? I think he's just right coming into his second year. Drew Brees is ranked number seven on the consensus. I have that as, I think that's too high. What about you, Lee? I'm a little bit too high on that. That's a little bit too high. That's too low. It's too low. You think he higher? How many yards did he throw for last year? Five thousand. How many touchdowns did he have? He started to started to taper off at the end of the year a little Name bit, how man. How many quarterbacks threw for five thousand yards? I know, I know, dude. Year. I know, bro. I know, I know. I'm a I'm a youth truther, man. <laughs> uh, number eight is Matt Ryan. Too high or too low? I'm gonna go meh. <laughs> I, I think that's about right, actually. What do you think? Lee? I think he's I think he's too low. I think I'm as number four on my list. Okay. See Tim? I think he's about right. He's inconsistent. Cam Newton, number nine. I say too high. Way, I'm just right on Cam. Way too high. I think he's going to play. I think that a lot of people are scared for that, but I think I'm taking Wentz. I'm taking Jimmy G. I'm taking Big Ben over him. That's that's my uh, that's me. Yeah. Uh, number ten, Jameis Winston. Too high, too low. I'm gonna go too high. Too high. Winston way too high. Why? Why on earth would Jameis Winston be? Well, it, if you if you think about it, so let's. It, it's not dumb because it, last year, if we talk about combining, which sounds dumb, Winston and Fitzmagic were the number two fantasy quarterback in that offense. Now it's a new offensive scheme, which is Bruce Arians, which makes. But he's always really good with the quarterbacks. But he throws a lot of picks. 
So I I don't think Winston is out of the realm of being in the top fourteen, but I certainly I'm going Goff above him. I mean I'm I'm drafting. I I would just wait and go Lamar Jackson or or Josh Allen or Dak. Yeah, I'll wait on Allen for sure at that point. So so that's that. So let's pull up the running backs now. Unless this will be a, this should be really different. <laughs> but do you want to talk about anyone that we thought should be a middle that should, should be in the in the top ten? That oh, wasn't? for sure, yes, please. Who do you got? Um, let's see. Wait, so did Carson not make the top ten? Wentz? No, they have Carson Wentz as number fourteen. Yeah, so I'm gonna go Wentz. I had him at seven, and then I actually put Kyler Murray. He snuck in there at ten. No, really, I like. You yeah, know what? Um, Yahoo I'm noise. Hey man, Brad Evans on Yahoo is all about some Kyler Murray, dude. I love me some Kyler Murray too. He's yeah. proven squat. You can't put him in the top ten. Dak Prescott is number ten if you're doing that. Well, the beautiful thing is, is that when you when you do your rankings, it's who you're touting. So you necessarily doesn't mean that's because your rankings aren't what the people are going to pick. People will not pick Kyler Murray in the top ten. But if you're saying, hey, if Lee's like. This guy's my top ten. You're basically saying, "Hey, wait on him." It's like Mahomes last year. I got Mahomes in the fourteenth round. He was number one quarterback. So, and I thought he was going to be in the top ten. I thought Mitch Trubisky was going to be a, a, a good value last year. So, absolutely, that's what makes it great when you talk fantasy. Is that the value, man? You're going to be able to get him super. I think you're going to be able to get him cheap. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I mean, and just and to be clear about the ranking. I'm ranking him there, but by no means would I draft him at QB ten. Right. He's a guy who I might draft a round early or some a couple picks early, just if I really want to secure him. But I, I'll always draft based on value. Like I'll never overdraft a guy who I can get a couple rounds later. Oh, for sure. But I mean, he, on, right now I'm looking at it. Kyler Murray's 22. He's one pick ranked above Derek Carr. Like it's Sam yeah, Darnold's so like 25. Point, it's silly. Man, waiting on quarterback is what. You need to do. I mean, gosh, exactly. it's, it's this year, if this, if this, if this holds up, this ADP, holy smokes, man! For me, guys that I want on the list, Josh Allen, dude. Josh Allen will be a top ten statistical quarterback. I feel. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I ju- I really do. I I don't know how long that will continue. Sure, there's injury risk, but you know, I talk about it being the year. I think it's going to be the year of the running QB, and uh, Josh Allen is he's going to crack. He's going to he's going to be there, man. And mm. and Dak's another dude too that. You can wait on people, even though he was number four in fantasy production the last like six weeks. People still hate on yeah. him. You know, mm-hmm. what do you got, Chris? Anybody you feel should be up on the list that's not? No, I think we're I think we're pretty good with what you guys have named. All right, cool. So let's do running backs, and Chris, we'll start with you. So right now we have a, actually uh, we have a new riser on fantasy pros. Ezekiel Elliott is now the number one consensus ranked Ooh. running back. Is that too high or too low, Chris? That's perfect. He's led the league in rushing two out of the two out of the last three years. He would have led it three straight years if he wouldn't have been suspended six games. Okay. Um, he had seventy receptions last year. He, I think he had what five, six, seven hundred yards receiving last year. I mean, the guy was a complete stud. The only thing he was missing was touchdown production, but that's not his fault. That was a product of the offense. They were just too predictable in the red zone. They couldn't get up out of their own way. All right, Lee, is this too low for you or too high? It's, um, well, it can't be too low, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you're, you're an Eagles fan, it might be too low, who knows? <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, def- well, it's, it's too high in favor of another NFC East running back, so it's not biased. I agree it's with you. It's too high. I think Barkley's number one, man. 
Barkley is if I have first yeah. pick in any draft, I'm taking Barkley Dynasty taking Barkley, or yeah. Dynasty redraft keeper, whatever it is. If I'm if I have the number one pick, I'm taking Barkley. Period. Oh yeah. Uh, number number two is Saquon Barkley. So I guess we've just answered our own question. That's that's too low. We both think he too should low. be one. <laughs> and I guess Chris answered his own question as well it's with Barkley. Yeah, it's, perfect. It's, it's perfect. I guess a little bias right there for me. I can't help it. This is kind of murky for me, man. Uh, I like CMC, but he's ranked number three consensus wise. I'm I think he's top five for sure, but I think that's too high. I think three is too high for Christian McCaffrey. What do you think, Lee? I also am gonna go too high. What about you, Chris? I think it's pretty good. I mean, just production alone, the guy gets a lot of touches, a lot of touches. I just, yeah, you know, I, I go, I don't know. I think, and this goes to the next one, Kamara. They have ranked number four. I think that's too low. Sam, I'd go Kamara. I go Kamara too, actually. Over Zeke. Yeah, and that's close. That's so Ooh, close. That's what that's, happened in our draft. That's so close. But yeah, I think Kamara over Zeke. Just with Ingram gone, it's just a, a little bit more work that he's going to get. He was the number one running back for that that four weeks, wasn't he? Exactly. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? I mean, I think Kamara. You could flip flop Makara and or not Makara, but uh, McCaffrey and Kamara. I think you you flip flop them, they're fine. Three four, but I still think Zeke and Saquon are your top two. They have man. Oh, dude, this this is oh, I love it. Melvin Gordon's number five. And I'm going to contradict myself because I'm going to say that's too high. That's funny. I'm going to go just right. I'm at five also. I'm at five too. He's, he's, he just gets too many touchdowns. I, you know what, man? I, don't, I only move him down to one spot. I would, David Johnson would be my five. And then I would have Melvin Gordon my number six. David Johnson scares me. That's my personal opinion. Uh, they have uh, fantasy pros as of right now still has Gurley in the top six. Gurley number six. I, I, I say... Because we want to give good advice and there's not enough known, I say that's too high. What do you think, Lee? Too high. It's too high, yeah. It's just too high. For Johnson? For Todd Gurley at six. Todd Gurley at six? I mean, just because of the unknown, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think you, you take the other guys and you, you, you let them become a value because you could probably even get them back because people are so scared of them. Yeah. Let's see. We have David Johnson at number seven. I answered mine. I think I'm too high. I think that's too low. What do you think, Lee? It's a little bit too low because I have him at six. And what about you, Chris? I think he's fine right where he sits. I am a hater of this next guy, man. James Conner, number eight. I say that is extremely too high. What do you think, Lee? I'm with you. Way too high. Way too high. I mean, he uh, he faded down the stretch last year. He had that ankle injury. I'm, I'm drafting the next four or five running backs ahead of him. Uh, so am I. Le'Veon so Bell, I'm number close. nine. I say that's too low. I t- it's too low. I think that's just right. That's what I have. That's what I have, Matt. Number nine? Okay. Who do you have as eight? My eight, my seven and eight are completely different. I've got Mixon at seven and, and Chubb at eight. I like it. No, Mixon's my boy, dude. I almost picked Mixon over Gurley in our draft, and I, I should have at this point in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was talking to Chris about it, and he's like, no, you got to go Gurley. I'm like, I know, but I wanted. I was like, I Mixon's my dude. What about, what about tough, you? Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Chris? I think he's fine. Uh, let's see. So now, so we, we know where you stand here. We've got Joe Mixon as the consensus number 10. I'm with you. Yep. I say that is too low. And what do you think, Chris? I think Mixon is should probably be eight on the list. We have Fournette at number eleven. I'm also gonna go. You know what? I think that's I think that's just right because of the injury, injury history. So I might even move him down a spot, but I'll go just right for Fournette. What do you think, Lee? A little too high for me. Just a little bit too high. What I about you, Chris? I don't trust him. I don't. I, don't, I wouldn't even draft him in the top twenty. 
Not, not even for a value pick. I'm not. I'm not touching. Okay. Dalvin Cook, number twelve. I think that is too low. What do you think, Lee? Uh, again, I think it's pretty pretty right. Okay, it's right around there. I think he's right where he should be. All right, Chubb. I this is this this is such an interesting pick because I don't rank because we're in such a crazy NFL now. I don't think one player predicts another. Just the cream rises, the good play, the good make good plays. So a lot of people are going to rank Chubb worse or even pass on him because of Mr. Kareem Hunt. I think Chubb is too low at number 13. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm, I'm going to come out with an article soon. Um, it's going to be interesting. So stay tuned. But I'm a huge Nick Chubb believer. Well, you got a good offense. You saw what he's capable of last year. He can catch the rock as well. Um, what do you think, Chris? Do you think we're on to something here, or do you think buyer beware? I don't think you got buyer beware until after week eight. Okay, so is he too low or too high considering this? I think he's perfect. Okay. Marlon Mack at number 14. I'm going to go that's too high for me personally. What do you think, Lee? For me, it's too low, actually. Okay. I like it. I like it, and I know why, too. I'm, I'm, I'm not a Marlon Mack hater at all. I just, I'm a bigger believer in Hines, and I think that Cream yeah, rises, that makes sense. and he's going to get more there. But there's a couple guys I might rank ahead of him. And then what you got, Chris? Fair. I think he's too high. Okay. I mean, he just he doesn't get used enough in in Indy to to worry about that. His production is not as good as it should be. All right, so we just went and did fourteen running backs. So Lee, what's a running back that we did not cover that should be in the top ten, fourteen, top five? Who's who's the guy that we didn't talk about? Oh, um, the guy that we didn't talk about. So that would probably be. It's tough. I have a couple guys that I really like. <laughs> It's, it's going to be carry on Johnson for me. He was kind of a darling, but he's just he's just so good. I, I mean, like you said, Cream rises at the top. They really want they're going to want to run the ball at Bevel. If he can stay healthy, he's, he's a good enough. He's a good receiver too at the backfield. I really think he could he could produce. Oh, for sure. You know, I think just looking at this for those uh, for everybody uh, looking that's listening with us right now. You have at number 21, Carry on Johnson, number 22, Damian Williams, 23, Devonta Freeman. You got Geis at 24, Josh Jacobs, 25. That's some meat right there. If I'm drafting, oh, if, yeah. if I'm drafting at like five or six, I might go take an, an elite receiver, knowing one of these guys is going to be available on the on the come around. Um and, exactly. and, be, and be okay this with elite receiver or if I'm drafting at the end of the first round and a Todd Gurley falls to me because people are scared, I might reach on one of these guys instead of going receiver and start running back, running back in a situation like that because, man, that's those are some ballers that are raked so late. That, that, going off ADP, they'll be third and fourth round picks. I mean, just think about how the draft our draft fell for me. Zeke fell to me at six, and it came all the way back around, and I was able to get Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Me. I mean – I couldn't pass up on Love Bell that late in the second round. No, no, I don't yeah, think so yeah. either. You should have picked a quarterback at this point, but I'm just kidding. Well, if I, if I would have known that I was going to have to trade trade my heart and soul to get it. All right. We, we actually we actually just had a pick in our league. Uh, Corey Davis just got picked up. Oh, nice. Oh, Corey Davis just got picked? Yeah. Good, good. Take him. Yeah. I'll take that, yeah. Oh, Rashad Petty just went. Yeah, he did. Oh. Are they listening to our draft right now? They probably uh-huh. are. So we've got uh, wide receivers is how we're going to close today's episode. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is the consensus. That's just right for me. What about you, Lee? Yeah, he's number one. That dude is crazy good. 
Ob- Odell Beckham Jr. is number two. No. No? No. What do you say, Lee? I'm going to say just right. I'm going to have him at number two. Injuries, buddy. Injuries. You guys will healthy last two years. I'm going to go just right as well, man. You can't rank based off injury, though. In Dynasty, you can. But in Redraft, it's hard to do that. Well, aren't we basing this off of Dynasty? No, this is – we're talking non-Dynasty. We're talking Redraft. We are Redraft. And with Odell Beckham, <laughs> with Odell Beckham, I don't I, – I, I couldn't be – I would be so mad at myself if I passed on him, I think. I think he has the capability of being the number one, really. And we and it, I yeah I think that's perfect. Now I do number three. I don't agree with. I think Michael Thomas is number three personally. Um, Devontae Adams is ranked as number three. I think the touchdowns come down a little bit this year, so I see Devontae Adams is too high. What do you say, Lee? Again, uh, me and fantasy pros get a lot just right. Oh, nice. Okay. What about you, Chris? I think he, I agree with you. I think he's too high. Uh, the touchdowns are going to come down. Julio, number four, just right for me. Wow, also just right. I didn't realize that. <laughs> just right. I agree with Julio. Michael Thomas, I obviously just uh, spoiler alerted myself. I have Michael Thomas as number five, and uh, I would say that's too high. I think it's too low. He should be number three. What do you think with Michael Thomas? Oh, for me, it's he's like it, I have Juju ahead of him, but it's it's basically the same. Split hairs. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? I think Michael Thomas is wide receiver number two. Okay. In my personal opinion. I think we might – I'm interested about this one. Antonio Brown at number six. I got him in our draft in the third round in a 14-team league. And I got it because I don't know what to expect from the guy. I think that's too high, though. I think six is too high for Antonio Brown. I, I think I think he's ranked right if he had a good quarterback. What do you think, Lee? Well, I mean, I, I do have him too high. But I think that he, I mean, if he had a good quarterback, he'd be a first-round pick. You know, what? he's done with he's done with Big Ben that like he can absolutely produce elite, yeah, I mean, elite level. Just think about Amari uh, Cooper, one thousand yard season in four years. Well, two things. Ter- oh yeah. Two things terrify me about about uh, Antonio Brown about AB. Number one is he's getting older, and I'm a youth guy, so youth is where I try to go, right, whenever I draft in, in all fantasy sports, whether it's basketball, football, baseball. Yeah, yeah. Antonio Brown, if you go and look at the game log of games Big Ben missed, it's not good. Not good. Like like wide receiver 15 through 20 is where he's at in games like that. And, you know, we look at Exhibit B, which is Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper didn't even have an offseason in Dallas, literally took one week to get up and running and was one of the top 10 receivers in the league last year. So, and he was what, wide receiver 20, 25 at Oakland? So I'm not saying that Antonio Brown and Carr can't develop a chemistry, but it's our job to make people know that name name brand is not always the way. And I might, I would think I would pick Cooper, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, I I think he should be in the top ten, but like at ten or eleven probably. So yeah, too too high for me. Juju they have his number seven. I actually think that's just right for Juju. What do you guys think? Uh, too too uh, low for yeah no wait. yeah too low for me. He's top six for you. Yeah, he's five for me. Okay, what about you, Chris? Uh, well, I'm worried about the Antonio Brown effect. Juju's never faced one on one coverage consistently. I mean, or double coverage, and that's what you're going to see if he can beat. Because in the few games that AB wasn't playing, Juju couldn't beat it. He did it mediocre, not perfect. I think I think Juju. I, I like Juju. I think he's going to be all right. 
Where would you and have think, him? Where, yeah. where would you have him ranked? I'd have him. In, I'd have him t- number ten overall. Okay. So you don't think it's going to be game changing enough to where buyer beware? No. It's just okay. Uh, Mike Evans is number eight. I think. Man, what a conundrum Mike Evans is, man. Because this is the year that he's going to suck and disappoint everybody, right? Because that's what he does. <laughs> he he play. He decides to ball out every other year. I'm going to go the just Bruce right. Arians. Yeah. Bruce Arians. I'm going to go just right, and maybe 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 too low. I'm I'm going a little too low. I'm at seven. Okay. We, I, I think he's fine at eight. This one's interesting because this man was available until like the fifth round in our in our dynasty draft. AJ Green at number nine. I think that's too high, man. A little bit too high for me. A little bit too high. What do you think? Oh, I got him in the league, though. I got him in our league. <laughs> oh, and I see. Yeah, you got, it's super late too, right? I, I love AJ Green personally. He's my, he's that wide receiver I try and draft every year. He's just so consistent to me. Yeah. But you know, I, you're gonna miss two or three games every year with him with injuries. And is this the the year they bench? Is are they did they get off to a bad start? Like their schedule dictates it might happen, and they bench. They have nobody to replace Dalton. With. They have well, they had Driscoll who didn't suck last year, and they drafted a rookie as well. And Dalton's in, I think this is the make it or break it year where they could move on if they wanted. So I don't know. Dalton gets a bad rap. I, th- I actually think Dalton's back, personally. Mike Williams. I think he's always been solid. I I don't hate Dalton at all. I just I just think that the Bengals are one of the there the Bengals and the Raiders are up there with questionable things. So <laughs> uh we have Amari Cooper sit at number ten. I think, man, I think that's just right. I really do, but I'm you know being a Dallas homer, it's hard not to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little too high for me, but I can see why people like him. And what do you think, Chris? I think he's a little too high as well. Um, he's oh. never been consistent production wise, but you know he's never spent more than what he played eight games here over Dallas last year. Right. So you know, I think he's perfect where he's at right now. Or well, my list is number twelve. I think he's the twelfth best receiver. I think. So that's the ten. So who's somebody you think, man? I, I Diggs is a guy Cooks. for for me that absolutely me should be in the top ten. And then, and I, I man, Keenan Allen just so consistent if he's healthy. Yeah, it's hard not to. It's hard not you just you get that production every game, and that's what you want out of a top ten pick. You want a guy that you put in there, and you just know you're you're getting the production. You know, so I would even go him like I like Robert Woods, like Chris just mentioned, but. He kind of he kind of seesaws a little bit. You'll get like consistent, 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 bad, bad, consistent, consistent, bad. Like he kind of seesaws a little bit for my liking. What about you, Lee? Anybody that you see? Yeah, that- well, I was gonna say I was gonna say Diggs, but another guy who's probably not in the top ten, but a guy that's I want to talk about because he's just perennially, perennially undervalued is is Brandon Cooks, kind of on the Robert Woods train. Because the dude, the past since 2015, hasn't finished worse than wide receiver 13, and just comp- continues to go. He actually went really early in our draft, which surprised me. He went before AB. Yeah, he did. Like I think wide receiver 11, he which did. he probably deserves to be drafted at. Sure, I like it, man. So, so that's the content we have for everyone on our pilot episode. So before uh, before we close for the day, I do want to just give everybody a little open forum to say something. Uh, just kind of leave the people with. So uh, first off, I just want to thank everybody for listening. I want to give all of our Twitter handles again so you can follow us because we pretty much talk sports nonstop or retweet sports and kind of banter back and forth. So you can find me on Twitter at ChewOnSports. Lee, yours is Dynasty Dingo, correct? Yep, that's correct. Chris is CTemp03. 
So we promise to try to just every week bring good content that's going to help you win your league. That show is called Lineup Locked for a reason. We want our viewers to bring home cash, bragging rights, and just not lose. So uh, we're going to do our darndest to make sure that's what's brought to you, the listener. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you keep doing it. Lee, what you got for the people? Yeah, just um, thank you to, to you guys, to Zach and Chris, my first podcast. It, it, I think it went really well. I appreciate all the support, all the great questions, all the, the banter back and forth, and I look forward to making some more podcasts. Very nice. And Chris? Yeah, and I want to say thanks to Lee for doing doing that rookie ranking for us. I mean, that's I know that's a lot of work. you got to watch a lot of video and do a lot of research for that, and we really appreciate you doing that for us and letting us, you know, play off of it and see what we think is better or, or worse than what you did. You know, and, and to the people, thank you for listening, and we hope to do, do this better every week because that's this is what we love to do. So we want to keep doing it for you, and we want to help you win those championships. Absolutely. Our goal is to bring home the ships and have people talking about how our advice did that. Absolutely. Like, man, your talk about Naheem Hines made me win the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) And what these guys don't know is I'm the guy that drafted Brandon Cooks. (laughs) Rock and roll. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go, baby. Let's finish this draft up, and we will have a new pod within the next week. We will continue to break down uh, the consensus rankings on Fantasy Pro. We'll continue to high-low. And uh, we're going to surprise you with the rest of the content that's coming our way. So thank you for listening. This is Lineup Locked, and we are out. Catch you later.